We're never alone. It's imperative for us to understand this. The story you're about to hear is not unique to me, but the circumstance is unique. I embarked alone on a heroic mushroom trip on May 28th, 2021. There was no user manual. I was scared, exhilarated, uncomfortable, and grateful for what unfolded in my life. There's no way to explain exactly what I experienced, but I'll do my best. Due to the length of this episode, I've broken it up into four parts so that there are natural breaks if needed. Part one, who's talking to you? Let me begin by formally introducing myself. My name is Kat Walsh. This is the identity I have taken in this lifetime. I'm 35 years old. I'm from the Valley in Los Angeles and grew up a relatively normal kind of life. I always say the vibe here is different if you're from LA. It's just home. I grew up playing sports. I had a full ride to Villanova for softball. My background is spiritual, but not religious. I've always been grateful in my life. Although like many, I've had difficult times, particularly with my body. I had a hip replacement at 22. I was diagnosed at 19 that I needed one and it created a great deal of suffering for me in my early life, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. It was hard for me to understand how I could give so much dedication and love into a sport, exercise, good diet, and still experience my body turning on itself. I've always had cool jobs, stressful jobs, the kind of jobs that people would give anything to have. The irony is I was suffering under the weight of them. This is not to blame the jobs themselves, although what comes with the society that we live in is a great deal of pressure. My first job was working for the ESPN X Games, which was really great, actually, and I loved who I worked with. But it was during the time right before I had my hip replacement, so I was just in a great deal of physical pain at that point. But then I worked at a large talent agency called CAA for three years. I was an agent trainee talking to the biggest stars in the world, deeply, deeply fearful of losing that job, of going to that job, the confusion I felt of wanting it so bad or thinking I did. And the way that people would talk to me was more important than the fact that every time I stepped through that building, my heart would race, afraid to make a mistake, afraid to do something wrong, afraid to be yelled at, afraid to lose that job. It's funny, right? Afraid to lose the job I was afraid of, thinking I wanted it. My mind told me I wanted it, but my heart was begging me, begging me to stop. I didn't listen. My soul started to revolt straight up. It started to rebel against the energy that I was in, what I was forcing my spirit into, and I began getting very hostile towards my final boss. I remember us screaming in the office. That's not who I am, by the way. I don't raise my voice rarely ever, not anymore at least. I was losing it. I felt like I was losing my mind. I didn't know what I was doing out there. Here I was sabotaging the thing that I thought I wanted because the well of energy in me could no longer stand to be there anymore. And so one day I was fired. Wow. I remember the sound in my ears. It almost went silent. It was like a tunnel. I couldn't even remember what I was hearing. What? I thought I found the dream, right? I get to talk to Josh Brolin and Michael Fassbender and Nicole Kidman. Like, what do you mean? And by the way, they were great. So it wasn't them at all, by the way. It wasn't anybody. You know, this isn't blaming anyone. I just didn't listen. I just didn't listen to the deep cry within that was asking for help. 
So then I went into TV development and it was a great learning lesson and I'm grateful for that experience. About three years after I pivoted, just the whole company was going their own separate way and, you know, it was only three of us. So when that happened, I was like, okay, what now? What do I do now? As the universe works, somebody I hadn't talked to in a long time reaches out. He had just started at a new company in marketing and he was like, your background is perfect for this. It was a little godsend because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what was next. And so here I was. Suddenly I was catapulted into marketing. And it was a good experience, but I realized I had carried in a lot of the same stress. Even though I grew up with a spiritual background, I had no spiritual practice. I didn't do anything for that matter aside from saying I had a belief, I guess. And so I finally ended up in my last marketing job before a trip on this. Again, Great learning, but also a great deal of suffering again. Suffering under the weight of my own psyche, suffering under my own self-critic, suffering under my need for perfection, not thinking I was a perfectionist, but realizing I was. Also acknowledging the sense of martyrdom, just this feeling like, oh yeah, I'll sacrifice myself until two in the morning to get this done. And the truth is, did I really need to do that? Was it worth it? Was it worth my time? Was it worth me suffering? Was it worth me never sleeping? Yeah, I was going to be late to the client. All right, you know, that shouldn't be on me. But I was the one delivering it, right? I'm the middleman. I'm the one keeping the clients happy. I was overseeing the account. So the agency was more important than my sleep. It was more important than my well-being. Now, let me talk about psychedelics. Let me talk about why psychedelics have changed my life. Let me talk about why I think psychedelics are going to change the world. Psychedelics allow us to see a different way. They break down patterns, they challenge ideas, they bring back a level of childlike wonder, a purity. Yeah, I'll say that again, a purity of spirit, of true essence. Around 27, 28, I began to question everything in my life. It was slow, but I was deeply unsatisfied. And the truth is, on the surface, there was no reason for that. Sure, I had things that didn't go my way. Sure, I ran stressed a lot. Sure, I never really realized how high-functionally anxious I was. Not medicated, but I was always anxious, thinking that was the baseline. And I remember just feeling so much envy, not in any way that would want to take it away from someone else, but just envious of those who had found what they're passionate about. I'd look at astronauts and I'd think, wow, I bet since you were a kid, you always knew what you wanted to be, an astronaut. And here you are. You get to go to space. So cool. And just that feeling of excitement for them, you know, and really genuinely feeling joy for others who found that. And then also feeling my own lack that I didn't have that. I used to joke. I'm like, well, my passions are having fun, dancing. I'm not good. So it's not like I can open a dance class, you know, or a dance studio. It's just fun for me, but I'm not making a career out of it. So yeah, I just didn't know what to do. In November 2018, I was at a friend's birthday and I met his medicine woman. She talked about ayahuasca, and I knew that ayahuasca had found me that night. I had heard of it before, but it scared me. It should. It's powerful and confronting. And for those who are ready to begin to confront the illusions and distortions that they have created in their world, in their psyche, in their perception. I was very good about my dieta about two and a half weeks before. So strict with it. I really wanted to give my all to the spirit, to the experience. And when I went in, I remember saying in absolute truth that I was ready for this to be as hard as it needed to be in order to heal. 
in order to lead me to the path that I was supposed to be on. I was ready to be shown whatever was holding me back. And I was ready to embrace that even if it was painful. Before that time, you know, I'd always describe myself as someone who always had a smile on my face. I'd always like to have fun and all this, but it was so quick for me to cry. And so I knew something wasn't right. I'd be like, why are you crying, Kat? What's wrong? I didn't know. I did not know. So I went into that experience. I'm single and I was single then too. I had always had this feeling that I was in love with someone, but I couldn't find them in this lifetime. I was in love with them and not in an esoteric way. I don't mean like, oh, I know my love, the love of my life is out there somewhere. No, I mean like I know them, but they went off to another country and I can't find them anymore. And it was this deep sorrow inside me, you know, like a real hole. There was a hole. And so while this medicine was taking hold in the ceremony, I kind of just, it wasn't part of my main intentions, but I kind of just said, you know, if the spirit, if this soul is out there, maybe I'll meet them in this space that I'm going into, kind of dropping into this ayahuasca world. I didn't necessarily. The experience for me was incredibly abstract and I was just moving through lots of emotions. I laughed. I moaned sensually. I felt so safe and loved in this experience. It wasn't hard at all. I did purge at one point after the second cut, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't too bad. I mean, look, I like it wasn't fun, but you know, it could have been worse. But it was the next day at the beach. I'd been crying all day and not sad, just releasing emotion for all the times I never wept for myself. The times I just never did that, you know, little things, little hurts and comments and times in my life that had just stored up and I was releasing it. And I had this stick and I was just kind of like doodling and just kind of drawing little squiggles in the sand. And I finally just started writing. I love, and I just stared at the sand. I said, you, you know, before this experience, I would say, I miss them like I know them. I know them so well. And in that moment, I realized the person I was missing. The reason I knew them so well is because I miss myself. I was always looking outside of myself for love, for companionship, for friendship, for information for everything. Everything was outside of me, you know? How do I get it? And so in 2019, I was like, this is the year where I'm going to treat myself. This is the year that I'm going to have a love affair with Kat. I'm going to treat myself like I would treat my lover. I thought about the way I had spoken about to myself, the way I had pushed myself to exhaustion, and thought, would I ever tell a lover to do this? A friend? A family member, would I ever speak to them the way that I would speak to myself? The way that I would put such unnecessary pressure on myself? No way. No way. And so in 2019, it became my commitment to show up for myself. To show up for me. Part two, the initial breakthrough. So now fast forward to July 2019. I was invited to a show that my friend was putting on. None of us had ever seen it. None of us knew what it was about. Seven of us were there. And as part of this experience, we ate magic mushrooms and hippie flipped, which is also combining mushrooms with a little bit of MDMA. I'm not recommending anyone combine these two things, nor am I recommending anyone run out and get their hands on psychedelic substances. I'm merely just sharing my story. 
I had done mushrooms a couple times before. First time at 16, started great, did not end well. Didn't do it again for 15 years, if that isn't telling. The second time was a much better experience, but I felt myself extremely overwhelmed by all the emotions I was feeling. By this time, when magic mushrooms and MDMA were suggested, I finally felt ready again, and boy, was I. That experience, the combination of psilocybin, MDMA, music, dance, friendship, was an overwhelming and exquisite experience of the senses. For the rest of that year, we frequented our friend's house eating mushrooms, dancing, bonding, laughing. During this time, I was also very engrossed in my spirituality. I started to become very connected to wanting to understand myself more, seeking to know myself. I didn't know what that meant, though, to be honest. I just knew that I was seeking for something. I was reading important spiritual books for my development. I read a book particularly around that time called Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov. That was a very, very important piece of work for me during that exploratory phase. As I was experiencing these weekends filled with wonder and joy and community and friendship, something was happening to me in a profoundly powerful way. I was being opened up, although admittedly, I did not know that. This was a little before all the psychedelic research was on my radar at that time. I mean, of course, I knew that it had been going on for some time, but it wasn't part of my world at that point. I just couldn't believe what it was doing for me. And it wasn't until a couple months into the summer that I really began to recognize that all of this consumption of psychedelics paired with joy and fun and reading and self-inquiry was healing me. It wasn't just healing me, it was re-hardwiring me, reprogramming me. I would cry often, sobbing after these experiences when I got home for the rest of the week because I was having all of these revelations about my own life, just little things that would come to light. I can't say I was doing any psychedelic quote-unquote integration at that time, not in any direct way. I'm not saying that people shouldn't, I just, I didn't know at that time. That being said, I was in fact integrating. I remember I would visit my parents and say, I am experiencing evolutionary leaps in my growth and understanding of myself. I remember I couldn't even explain what I meant by that, except that I understood that something very profound was happening to me on a spiritual and emotional level that was unlike anything I had ever experienced. I felt like I was getting fast-tracked somewhere. I just didn't know where the somewhere was. All I knew was it felt good. It was around, I'd say, 2019. I was watching the show and dancing and having fun when suddenly I had this light bulb moment. I thought to myself, I can do anything that I want. It startled me in the moment because I wasn't even thinking of myself at that time. And what that thought did was it stuck. And I began to explore what that meant. I can do anything that I want. What did I mean by that? What did I mean? I never had an entrepreneurial spirit. I never thought it was for me. I always said, I'm a work-to-live person. I'm a work-to-live person. I would say, you know, I don't want to work that hard, you know. I want to work hard enough where I can earn a certain amount of money, but I don't want to completely lose myself in the work so that I can just earn a certain amount. I wanted to find balance. But after this light bulb moment, I began to realize the box that I had put myself in. I began to observe these self-limiting beliefs I had, issues with my own self-worth that I had no idea I had. If you had asked me, am I a confident person? I would have said, yeah. I mean, I've got my doubts, you know, but like normal things. 
but I got to realize, no, no, I had lots of doubts. I began to envision myself in this magnificent home. And in this vision, I knew that it wasn't just mine. I saw it with a partner, a partner in life. And we had bought that home. We did that. I did that. <laughs> Mind you, I'm still working on how to actually get that. But the idea that I could even dare to dream that I could create actual wealth, that I could create impact in the world was brand new to me. And that's when I really realized that psychedelics paired with whatever I was going through, this exploration of self that I was going through was breaking down so much negative patterning in my life. It wasn't until July 2020, though, did I really step into this next stage of understanding. I spent one of the best weekends of my life, July 4th weekend, with some friends, and obviously psychedelics were involved. And meanwhile, I had just started a Tantra program. For those not familiar with Tantra, it's the combination of spirituality, sensuality, and sexuality kind of merged into one. It's much more than that, but it's really connected to, you know, the chi, the life force, the kundalini within, being connected to all that is, you know, God, the goddess, the divine. After that weekend, I was setting intentions that July, and for the first time in my life, I finally said, I'm ready. I'm ready for this next journey. I'm ready for this next chapter in my life. I'm ready to call in the opportunity that is meant for me. And I would pray that not only would I be able to recognize the opportunity, but that I would have the courage to take that leap of faith when it arrived. High risk, high return, right? It was either July 6th or July 7th that I had made those intentions. The following week, I received a call from a comedian that I hadn't spoken to in over six years. Six years, zero contact from this comedian. And he calls me out of the blue and said, hey. I was like, whoa, been a second. He said, yeah, look, you know, with the pandemic, I'm not able to travel. And I just, I want to start something. And so, yeah, I want to start a podcast. I remember that you're funny and we always had good banter. Would you want to give an episode a shot? I thought it was just going to be a guest appearance of some sort. I was actually scared about this. I was like, oh God, do I? I knew I did, by the way. The excitement, the thrill, and the timing did not go unnoticed. So I said, yes, sure. The following week, we recorded, and I fell in love with this. I had always wanted to use my voice, but if you asked me two years ago if I would have ever been on a podcast, I would have said, who would listen to me? Why would anyone care what I have to say? The following day, I get a call from him, and he said, love the episode, just watched it, do you want to do this together? I'll build a brand around us. I'll put the money into it. We can use my platform. And I said very excitedly, oh my God, yes. Two hours after that, I got a call from my supervisor that I was being let go at my job. It wasn't just me, a few other people in my department. They couldn't hold on to us with the pandemic any longer. It had already been five months into it and I was just billing back the agency at this point. So, you know, I knew the writing was on the wall, but again, the timing. But we ended up having some creative differences, some working style differences, and ultimately the project between the comedian and I didn't work out. And we went our own separate ways. I had visited a friend at her house, and I swear I don't always eat mushrooms, but mushrooms were inherently tied to this. We were having a full moon ceremony, and actually we were both having a tough time that night for different reasons. I just didn't want to let this go, but how could I start a podcast without him, you know? He had the money. He had the platform. How could I do it on my own? 
I barely had any money saved. How could I do this from scratch? Nobody even knows who I am. Miraculously, by the end of that night, I realized, how am I going to let one person have all the power to my life? I had just found my passion. Finally, how am I going to give the keys to my happiness away the moment I get it? And I thought to myself, yeah, maybe he was here to guide me to this moment. And for that, I'm forever appreciative. Because if it wasn't for that call and thinking I had a platform behind me and branding and money, I would have thought there could have been no way I could have ever started this. Again, the universe works in mysterious ways, right? By the way, the podcast with the comedian was all about relationships and sex and things like that, not at all about psychedelics. Another friend of ours came a bit later and I was telling her about what happened and how I was thinking, yeah, I'm just going to start my own. I just have to figure out exactly what I'm going to be talking about. And she reminded me that a few months before I said, oh my God, you know what we should do? We should start a podcast where we eat magic mushrooms and just like talk shit and have some fun. And I don't know, we're always so funny when we're tripping and our jokes are always on point. Like this would be hilarious. And I was like, oh my God, yes, that's it. Psychedelics are what I'm passionate about. The way that mushrooms at this point had changed my fucking life. The way that I felt about myself, the way that I was starting to see what I was capable of doing, that I was capable of doing so much more than I thought, of course. Let me talk about the thing that is making this even possible. There is no podcast without psychedelics. And I don't mean by this, just by the subject matter. I mean that cat without psychedelics, I can say definitively, certainly not on this timeline, would have ever been speaking here to you today. I would have never had the courage. So the next day, I was writing down names of the show, and the first thing I wrote was, trip on this. I sent a message to my friends that I was with, and I was like, and I think I got the name. And as I'm all excited, going, I'm going to the restroom, writing them, all excited, and I say, and I'm about to tell them, and the name is, trip on this. I kick the bathroom door, stumble into the bathroom, don't fall, don't actually hurt myself, but start laughing out loud. I look up to the universe, I go, oh. So you like it? <laughs> Trip on this? Because I, I actually did have like seven or eight other names behind it. But then I knew that was it. It was perfect. Trip on this. And so it began. The moment I decided to do something fucking crazy, to do something that I thought, this is insane. Who are you? You basically have no money. You have nobody backing you. You don't know how to do anything here. You don't know how to host. You've never edited an episode in your life, video or audio. You've never made social assets. Like, yeah, sure, you have a marketing background. So I guess you know what they look like, but like you've never made them. And yet I knew this was it. And the reason I really knew that this was the path was that everything began to fall into place. For the first time in my life, things started to flow easily. The universe started to provide me with things that I needed. Suddenly, a family friend of mine was recommended who could do my website and help me with my branding. My sister Kelly and her husband Sean lent me gear for the video recording, and my other brother-in-law, Paul, lent me his podcast gear while I waited for mine to come in. I then find out one of my best friends is a patent lawyer. I had no idea. She had just finished law school, but for some reason, I thought it was for international law. No, it was to be a patent lawyer. So suddenly, she was able to do my trademark for, I don't know, a fraction of the cost. Another friend of mine was like, hey, I'm a music producer. 
do you need a track for your opening? I was like, yes, I need all the help I can get actually. And so it was beautiful because I knew in that moment by taking the biggest risk I have ever taken in my life, the universe had started catching me. I had no plan. I still have no plan if trip on this doesn't work. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going next. I don't know if it's trip on this. I don't know if it's to partner with someone. I don't know if it's both. I don't know if I create something just brand new. I have no idea. I just know that I need to keep using my voice. So now that we're here, I launched Trip on This December 15th, 2020. I was overcome with fear around that time and I got through it. I did a mushroom trip before the launch, actually. I've got some great videos if you guys are interested in these kinds of like little snippets of trips. They're shorter 15 minute long videos that you could check out on my YouTube under Storytime with Cat playlist if you want to see me talking about specific trips. So now I've launched Trip on This and whoo, what a journey it has been. This episode that you're listening to right now is the 25th episode. I'm so proud of all of them. Even in the beginning episodes where I didn't know what I was doing and I'd never done anything like this and just watching my own growth and just so blessed and thankful for all the amazing guests that I've had and just really reflecting on that. But I started to recognize how tired I was. I started to get really tired. I kept having these messages like, slow down, slow down. What I started to realize in this whole experience was that I had never broken any work patterns in myself. I was still so stressed. I still operated almost like I had a nine to five. I overworked myself. And a lot of people would say to me like, yeah, you know, but when you own your own business and you love it, you know, you do work that much. And I was like, yeah, I, I know, but it was more than that. The truth is my ego mind has been my master. It is always telling me I'm falling behind. It is always telling me I'm not doing enough. It is always telling me I'm not good enough. It is always telling me that there's more to do. I was keeping a really optimistic mindset, but my behaviors hadn't changed. During this time, my spiritual life had also taken a complete and utter turn. Let me just mention this. I had a spontaneous awakening in October 2020 that has changed the course of my life. I started to receive information that was not my own. Channel it. I recognized that this was different than any thought forms I had ever had before. And from that point on, my life has never been the same since. I am in constant communication with what I call my team. My guides, my teachers, my angels. A team of beings that are helping me on this journey. That have always been with me. A divinely scheduled alarm clock, let's just put it that way. Once I had awareness around my guides and teachers, they began communicating to me that I needed to have radical trust and radical faith, that I needed to surrender. I had radical trust and radical faith, I thought, but was still in so much fear during these past five and six months. I kept saying, I believe. I know that I'm on this track for a reason, but I don't feel great. I'm not at peace. No one's telling me what to do, and yet I still feel like I'm being controlled. Just being controlled by my own mind, by fear, by lack. In this past month, it began to hit a moment where I couldn't ignore it anymore. I was having a very difficult time. Exhausted. So full of fear, doubts, questions. How is this going to work? How is this going to happen? 
I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. I have Oracle decks, and I began to get the message that change was coming starting in May. It was the May 5th portal, the 555 portal, which really represents big change. Change, change, change. Every message I got was about readying myself for radical change. And I said, I'm ready. I'm ready for radical change. But the thing is, I was ready for radical change to happen on the outside. I didn't even know what radical change actually meant. I just knew the universe kept saying, change is coming. It's coming. And I was like, yes, please. I need help. Help me, please help. A lot of prayers, guys. A lot of prayers. And somehow I got the idea that I think it's time that I take a hero's journey, a mushroom trip. Terrence McKenna famously said it was taking five grams of psilocybe cubensis magic mushrooms and being in total blackness by yourself. I realized during this period of needing to change, having so many signs, crying a lot, asking for help, having just such a difficult time in May, that it was reading me, almost breaking me down. And finally, I had nowhere else to turn. And I said, okay, I surrender. I surrender to the darkness. I surrender to this journey. I surrender to the unknown. And so preparations for the hero's journey began. Part three, the hero's journey. There is no way to actually describe the indescribable. But there were occurrences in this five-hour mushroom trip by myself in the dark that I feel are worth mentioning. This journey was all about lessons. So many lessons, many of which were uncomfortable, unpleasant, emotionally taxing, physically uncomfortable, though it was one of the most powerful and remains one of the most powerful experiences of my life. Revelations about the nature of reality, about myself, things that were brought to my conscious awareness that were not previously there. This was probably the first journey that really felt like I was diving into the shadows. When I was first coming up, I felt this overwhelming sense of density. It was just this feeling of depression and sadness and anxiety. It was just heavy, this heavy, heavy energy on me. But my mind, which, yes, has been the primary source of my pain, has also been my greatest advocate and is even and logical and optimistic by nature. And so it was a powerful ally when other parts of my mind had failed me. During this feeling of heaviness, I felt fear, a lot of fear, but I recognized this fear. I knew, and there is a very specific knowing when you're on a psychedelic, and I'm sure those who have been on a psychedelic kind of know what I mean. There is almost this other voice that speaks to you. I like to call this voice my higher self. This voice knows much more than my small self ever knows. And so this higher self was letting me know that this heaviness has always been with me, but it didn't need to be. And it told me that this experience that I was going through was a purification of all of the miscreations I had created in my mind. Feelings of fear, scarcity, lack, sadness, depression, anxiety, feelings of self-doubt. I recognized, no, I knew that this was my creation. I created this. And so I just sat there, completely still. I didn't try to push it away, just completely surrendering to this lesson. Mind you, I had a sunburn, and I didn't realize this because it was really light, but I knew I was out in the sun a couple days before, and I'm just a very fair person as it is. But because I was on all of these mushrooms, it was so amplified, the feeling. 
And so then, of course, the burn, like suddenly I could feel it like tenfold and my mind is going in a zillion different directions. And thankfully, the other half of my mind was like, no, cat, you're just sunburned. Nothing's happening to you. But I got to see, like, look at your mind. Like, yeah, you're sunburned, but look at your mind. Look at the fear you're creating right now. You're making this up. Like nothing is happening to you. After about that 30 minutes, another thought from my high self came in. It said, well, if you don't like it, it's up to you to change it. And I said, oh. And I said, so why don't you do something different? You've been sitting here very still letting this happen, which is good. Surrendered, learned, but perhaps you want to try something different. And so I did. I go, oh, right. Okay. And in that moment, I realized I was co-creating this experience. I was allowing myself to be led, to learn the lesson. And it was as though after I had learned what I needed to learn from that lesson, my high self said, okay, now what are you going to do to change it? And so I sat up and I started to just move my body kind of like a snake, like sexy. And as I moved, I, the feelings started to lift. The heaviness, the density I felt started to lift. And I realized, oh, I'm creating expansiveness right now. I'm creating a level of fluidity, the opposite of rigidity, which is how I started, right? In absolute stillness. And as I began to move my body more and more, even though it was pitch black in my room with my eyes closed, I began to see rainbows in my mind's eye, rainbows in the dark. I sighed and I thought, wow, all right, yeah, we could do this in life, right? You learn You don't just push away the hard feelings because I wouldn't have understood if I just pushed away the discomfort, I would have never learned the lesson. It would have just probably kept me there until I surrendered to it. And then I got to see that I could change it. But I had to understand that I made it first. I had to understand that it wasn't the mushrooms doing this to me. I did this to myself. So now I was on to the next lesson. Expectations. I had consumed earlier 5.15 grams of mushrooms in a lemon tech, the mushroom bits included with the juice, which is supposedly supposed to be the stronger way to consume mushrooms and the more intense way because it hits you stronger. By this point, I'm now fully into the experience. I should be peaking. And the truth is, I didn't feel that much different. You know, I went into this experience not knowing what to expect. But if I'm being honest, I guess maybe I did because I felt myself caught and hoping for more. I thought maybe in pitch black, I'd have all these visions and I'd meet spirits on the other side and be like blasted into another dimension. And by the way, people do, but that didn't happen for me. And I felt disappointed by that. If anything, I had just gone through just feelings of heaviness and density and realizing, okay, I'm co-creating this experience, but you know, I, I guess I just was expecting more. And look, there were some beautiful moments in there that I'm not talking about and some small realizations, but again, nothing crazy. I was caught in expectation of the unknown. We love to attach what we think will happen in the unknown, even when the intention was to complete and totally surrender to whatever the experience was supposed to be. I realized in that moment, of course, Kat, of course, you know very well that heaven is here on earth. You know this, and yet look, You still created an expectation that you're going to somehow be blasted into some alternate universe and have it somehow confirmed to you. Was faith not enough? I laughed because I knew the lesson, my lesson. My lesson is about faith. 
And as I settled in and realized, right, okay, well, it's not going to be me getting blasted into outer space somewhere. So what is it going to be? What's this going to be about? And I got curious. I laid back down and contemplated the idea that heaven is here on earth. This knowing came through again and said, as you continue to take down the illusions and distortions of self, of fear that you have created in your world, you become a vehicle for blessings. You bless other people's journeys. Your every encounter with consciousness and love and genuine attention and time that you give people is blessing them on their journey. And they're blessing you in return with their love. This is the way in which we bless one another, is through being clear of our own stuff that says, how can I be blessing anyone when I've got all this bullshit? If you're thinking that, then you're blocking the light because we can all do this. The message was very clear. And I felt so good about that. You know, it said every person you've had on your show, every person that you're going to talk to, just consciously bless them with your love. Know that you're blessing them and that this is not from an egotistical place, but just knowing the truth of what you are. That's what creates heaven on earth. All right. So by this point, I'm feeling very good. I'm learning lots of things, lots of small revelations. I'm having a ton of gratitude at just about random stuff. And suddenly a wave of nausea comes over me. I thought, oh, out of nowhere. I didn't get scared. I wasn't worried. I just watched it. I was breathing, but it was definitely there and the feeling was growing. I was like, hmm, I might need to get up and go to the restroom right now. Thought about it. I said, okay, I, you know, Kat, you've had a lot of mushrooms. Maybe that's it. I go, hmm, that didn't feel right. I said, okay. I said, well, this could be a purge. You know, you had a lot of heavy energy on you. It could be that. Didn't resonate either, actually. I was talking out loud to myself, by the way, to my high self. And then that's when I realized what it was. I had attracted in, how do I say this? A lower vibrational energy, a denser energy that probably had seen a light beam somewhere in the astral and like a moth to a flame just got confused and came into my space. I recognize this sensation because I have experienced it before on a psychedelic. There's times that I have physically seen things like black smoke, and encountered other experiences that would feel very supernatural if one was there. So once I recognized this same sensation, the energy itself didn't necessarily scare me, probably because I'd experienced something similar, but also this particular energy didn't scare me so much. It really did actually just feel confused, like it actually felt like a lost soul. So I just held my heart and I started talking out loud and I said, I am always safe. I know that I am always safe and I am always protected. There is nothing here that can actually hurt me. And I didn't just say it being scared. I knew it. I felt it. I asked my team of guides and helpers to surround me. And I just breathed and I said, okay, I see. And I understood. And I saw, okay, this is just a confused spirit that can't hurt me. That must've been just like floating around, not knowing what the hell it was doing and just kind of landed here. And so I suddenly started feeling compassion for it, actually. And I started to give it empathy. And yeah, I was just like, I didn't know better. That didn't mean I wanted to kick it either. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I asked my team to protect me, to put up a little extra protection. I had already done that going into the ceremony, but to just, you know, fortify the old auric field, if you will. And I also asked for the spirits team 
its team to help it and to kind of take it away and help course correct it back to its natural state of love. In this experience, as I realized what this was, I also kept saying, I know that this is an illusion because only love is real. I knew that very deeply. And although on one level there was something to the senses very much real, sometimes with sight, sometimes it can happen with feelings, sometimes it can happen with the temperature in the room, which it actually did for me, the temperature suddenly changed, and to the senses it can feel quite real. And on one level it is. But on the true level, I knew this wasn't real, that this is an illusion. It's confused. It created this for itself, and I'm co-creating with it, and I'm also seeing the correction in it. I'm seeing that fear isn't real. Fear is an illusion, no matter how real it feels. From the moment I started speaking, all the nausea began to fall away, and the temperature of the room came back. I felt a levity and a lightness, and eventually it was gone. When we are working with psychedelics, it's important to mention that we are opening ourselves up energetically in ways that are new to us. This is not to scare anyone, but to speak from a level of responsibility. This experience I had changed my life. Psychedelics have changed my life, but I would be doing us a disservice not to mention what can take place. The thing that everyone needs to know is that it is not real, despite how real and scary it can feel. It is not real, and your biggest tool is knowing this deep in your heart. It is an illusion, as is all fear. <laughs> Quite a Friday afternoon so far, right? Okay, so I'm back. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling groovy. Rainbows are coming back into my space, and I head to the restroom. It's now been about three and a half hours into this experience. There's light in my bathroom, and everything looks so fucking beautiful. Everything just dazzled with rainbows. I felt like I was looking in the mirror and it wasn't even like I, I wasn't even like form. I looked like spirit. Like I was just kind of, it was weird anyway. And I said, wow, I'd really love to see what it looks like in daylight. And my high self said to me, well, why don't you? And I thought, oh, well, because, you know, I thought I was doing this Terrence McKenna five hours in the dark kind of thing, you know? And the voice said to me, you've done it. That was Terrence McKenna's hero's journey. What's yours? Yeah, this is my hero's journey. And suddenly I realized, oh my God, there's no one way to do this. Every single one of us are the hero of our own story. Every single one of us have a choice in what we want to experience. And by the way, I just want to say I am grateful for Terrence McKenna for giving me a template because I didn't know where to start. I just knew I am ready to start my hero's journey. I am ready to go into the dark and face the dragon. That's what I knew. But after that, I didn't know what was next. I didn't know. And so I'm grateful for someone like him who was such a pioneer for this movement to give me that initial guidance to help set me on my way. And so I thanked him and I said, all right, Terrence, it's time to start Cat's Journey. Thanks for the tips. It's been real. And I opened up my window, turned on the lights, and I was met with this beautiful rainbow land. Everything covered in rainbows. So beautiful. All this being said, though, I still had this feeling of underwhelm. Before embarking on the trip, I thought about doing this, recording an episode about the experience. But after, I thought, mm, maybe not. What would I even say about this? And so I let it go. I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to do an episode on this. So I sat in my chair, 
thought about the experience and suddenly I had this thought. I don't even know where it came from, honestly, but it was about trip on this. Right before I had done this mushroom trip, I had actually did a poll on my Instagram. And by the way, I had never done that before. And I said, would you guys want to ask me psychedelic questions and I create little videos answering you? I typically don't get a ton of views on my story because I don't have a ton of followers. But this time, I don't know, I had like 10 times the amount of views on my poll and tons of people said yes. I had more yeses on my poll than I think I've gotten views on a single story before. And so I was thinking about that. And in that moment, it really sunk in. I was like, you want to hear from me? You want to hear what I have to say? It was like, this little tiny light bulb moment, but it was really profound because I realized in that moment that even though trip on this was me betting on myself, there was still so much more hiding in the dark. Somehow believing that people were listening to the show because it was about psychedelics or, you know, that it was about my guests or whatever. But I never really thought, or maybe they're listening because they like me too. The message continued and said, people want to know you, Kat. They want to know who you are. You keep everybody at an arm's length. Why do you think that nobody wants to hear from you? Why do you think that? I cried. I don't know, because I'm not the expert about psychedelics. I'm just somebody who had my life changed. You know, I've got some perspective, but I'm not the expert. So why would anybody want to hear from me? And the voice said, because your light matters. What you say matters. Because you say it with love. Because you genuinely want to help people. That's why it matters. They know that you're not the expert, but they want your opinion. They want your perspective. And by the way, you should go live. <laughs> That's what it said. I was like, all right, I guess I'll go live. I've never gone live in my life on Instagram. And I thought about why I'd never gone live. And it was all the same bullshit. This was the stuff I was shedding in my psychedelic experience. Those heavy feelings of density I was experiencing. Feelings like, well, what if I go live and nobody wants to join? I have to deal with the rejection of that. Or what if I'm asked a question I don't know and I look stupid? What if people aren't saying nice things to me? What if I'm just caught being human? What if I say something wrong that I can't take back? And so I just blocked myself. But it said it's time to stop doing that to yourself, Kat. The truth is, you don't know if people want to know you or if they want to be live with you or want to spend time with you because you've never done it. Everything that you've created in your mind is not real. That's an illusion that you've created out of self-preservation and you've created an entire story about why you've never done that. It's time to do something different. It's time to be okay to make a mistake. It's time to be okay to be wrong. It's time to be okay to say, I don't know. It's time to let people in. I sat back on my couch and I smiled and I thought, okay, yeah, I do have a little takeaway, I guess, from this experience. But then suddenly I was hit with this overwhelming feeling of loneliness that I had just experienced this whole thing and I didn't know what to do with it. I think the feeling was actually induced by my team because I had forgotten about them. And then my higher self asked me, how are you, Kat? I said, I'm okay. I just suddenly got lonely. And it said, why are you lonely? You know you're never alone. I perked up. I said, I'm never alone. I forgot about you guys. I forgot about the team around me, my guides, my angels, my teachers. We all have this. We all have a team of beings around us, loving us, 
rooting for us, nudging us. It's the voice, that little intuitive voice that always has your back. And it's always the voice of love. It's not the voice that's trying to scare the shit out of you. That is the ego mind. I don't know where the revelation came, but I did have one. I've tried to recapture this moment in my mind and remember even trying to explain to my parents how suddenly, out of nowhere, I experienced a miracle. My perspective had shifted. It was as though a little tiny piece of distorted lens had been removed and I began to realize how powerful my words are, that my story mattered and that my story needed to be heard because others will hear themselves in it. And so you're going to do this episode and you're going to talk about this. You're going to talk about your perspective on psychedelics. You're going to introduce yourself. You're going to tell people why this changed your life. You're going to tell people why you're here talking to them today. You see, psychedelics are multidimensional. They work with us on every level. They're spirits working with us. And this is why they can be challenging. Because sometimes the aspects that we need to deal with most are the ones that are most uncomfortable. And yet, it's not just about that. Psychedelics are also fun and sexy and awe-inspiring. They're healing, they're loving, they're tough teachers. They are everything just like we are. They are a reflection of the whole, which is why they can elicit every range of feeling and emotion and experience because they embody everything as do we. I am not saying they are panacea by any means. There are many, I feel, are probably not ready for an experience like this. Certainly not a large dose. Psychedelics treat the whole spirit, the whole body, the whole essence of who you are. They work on every level of you, and you don't get to choose which level. But if you know, and you know that deep in your heart that everything that you experience is for you, and you get out of the way, they can perform what we would call miracles. In reality, they're just a course correction. They're just trying to bring us back to our natural state, our natural state of pure, unconditional love and light. Part four, the aftermath. The last piece of this story is probably the most important lesson of all. Many would call this the integration of an experience like this. I didn't expect the integration to be as challenging and revealing and wonderful and holy as it was. Like many mushroom trips I've had, there's a usual sense of feeling as though I can conquer the world. You know, when the message hits you, it feels as though God has given you the answer. And in many ways, it has. The moments where we can let go of all fear and all doubts and that surge of energy that courses through our veins, our bodies, our energy centers, that makes us feel unstoppable. That's how I felt after this mushroom trip. This surge telling me that my story was exactly what I needed to do. To be unafraid to use terminology and vocabulary that many may find uncomfortable or does not line up with the way in which they view the world. I felt nervous starting this last part. I asked myself, why can't? Why do you feel nervous right now? And I said, it's because I'm speaking my truth. I've never done this before. I'm scared. I'm scared of what people think. But that's actually not it. The truth is, I began to see that I was afraid of my own power, the power of my voice, to understand that certain things that I have said will not agree with some, to stare at that with a deep 
knowing and to say it anyway. The next day after my trip, I felt good, but I kind of went back into this usual action item steps. That familiar divine masculine had really kicked in. You know, the, uh, okay, how do we do this? How do we put things into action? Time to go, go, go. That night, I meditated, and I got a very clear message from the divine. And it said, I'm going to help you create this. This thing that you're listening to here, I'm helping you create it. Do you trust me? I said yes. Though I felt a little bit of fear on that, because what it asked for me to do was to just speak the words that were coming through, and that they were going to be things that I was going to feel uncomfortable about. And there have been many things that I have said on here have made me feel uncomfortable to speak out loud publicly, not because I don't feel they're real, but for the fear of my ego, the fear of feeling humiliated, ridiculed. It was asking me to surrender again. It said very clearly, I'm going to help you. You got to trust me. The next day after this meditation, I started writing an outline like I normally do. This happened then that happened, etc. I wasn't closing my eyes. I wasn't connecting at all. I was just kind of reverting back to this old way of being. The night before in the meditation, it also asked very strongly to please not approach this project in the way in which I've approached everything in my life previously. Well, the next day I did the opposite. I approached it exactly the same way I approached everything. I was writing the outline, realizing how much I was getting done. And in the middle of the outline, I had already begun planning okay, so if I record Friday, then I'll get it done in time for the Tuesday release. I'll have the weekend to create the social assets, blah, 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 all this stuff. As I was writing the outline, I could feel this growing density, this familiar feeling of stress and overwork, creeping, creeping, creeping. It wasn't until I got to the part about the spirit that even though in the meditation the night before, I was told very specifically, do not make an excuse. Do not try to explain yourself and your belief. Do not try to say things along the lines of, I understand that this might make you feel uncomfortable, or I understand that talking about spirits may not be something that you believe, or that you may feel I'm doing some kind of a disservice to psychedelics by speaking in this way. I was essentially already trying to defend myself in creation. Well, guess what I did? I started writing all of those same sentences where I was trying to defend myself already. I was suddenly thrown into a spiral of depression and anxiety. I didn't know what happened. It came out of nowhere. My spirit literally started revolting against me. It was quite bizarre, and I wish I could explain it, except I went from being okay planning when I was going to write this, completely being in my ego mind, that I lost all sense of what I was doing. And so I pulled a card. As I mentioned before, I work with Oracle cards and, you know, I highly recommend them for people. They are incredible tools that can help reorient ourselves to working with our higher self, our subconscious, with the divine. Anyway, so I pulled a card. I pulled the card I was fearing. It's called Wake Up Call. And in essence, this card basically says, urgent, this is a wake up call from spirit. You must stop working like this. You must stop these behaviors. The way in which you're going, you are being asked to surrender or you are going to feel unnecessary suffering. And mind you, I pulled this card the morning of the actual journey. It was a very sobering card because I knew what it was linked into. This is what I was surrendering. No more stressing like I have been. No more fear like I've been living in. No more sweating the small stuff. 
everything, the anxiety I would keep myself in, suffering from trying to control everything. So I pulled that right before the journey, and then I pulled it again after the trip, thinking I had gotten the message. But the truth is, I didn't get any of the message. I didn't act on it at all. What it was asking me to do was to relax, to allow myself to be guided, to stop putting so much stock in the world that I can see and start putting my trust in the world that I cannot see. So when I saw this card again, and it was basically saying, if you continue down this path, there could be suffering. Please surrender. I just started sobbing. I knew it. I knew I had just gone back into my old habitual pattern. I went back into the same bullshit I always did. Suddenly putting timelines on myself. Suddenly I was putting unnecessary stress on myself. Suddenly I was doing all the things I had just learned that I was not going to do anymore. I said, I don't want to live like this. That was my intention. I don't want to live like this anymore. Please guide me. I'm listening. I'm ready for radical faith and radical trust. I'm done thinking I know how to do this. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing out here. Like this is what I was asking spirit. So I said again, please help me. Help. I don't know how to be different. That's what I said on my bed crying. I don't know how to be different. Please show me how to be different. I got through the emotion of that, started to feel better, and I pulled another card. It was about inner child work, and I looked at myself in my mind's eye. I pictured myself at nine years old, freely dancing and having fun, and I crouched down to her and I said, did you know that magic is real? Did you know that angels and guides and spirits are real? Did you know that you can do anything that you want? We hugged each other and she told me to go have fun. I've gotten so heavy, so worried about making this perfect, putting so much stock in the fact that one episode might be really important to me and missing the whole picture. This isn't all important. This is just the beginning. But that's not what my mind did. Somehow I thought, oh yeah, this episode, this is it. This is it. It's got to be perfect. About 45 minutes after this episode of me crying on my bed asking for help, I get a text message from my friend Lauren. It was a voice message, and I don't think in the nine years that I've known Lauren that she has ever sent me a voice message in my life. So already interesting. She said, Kat, I was just with this client, and she's really into spirituality. She's incredibly psychic. She's just so powerful being around her. She was telling me about this book called Existential Kink by Carolyn Elliott. I don't know what it was, but everything she was saying about this book, I just kept thinking about you. And so, yeah, I mean, I haven't read it myself, but for some reason, I felt like I needed to tell you. Sometimes the universe takes its time, and sometimes it responds immediately. I knew very instinctually I needed this. This was the help I was asking for. I downloaded the Audible of this book immediately and listened to about two and a half hours in one day. I can't even begin to tell you now how a day that started with sheer panic went to a feeling of such power within myself. I won't go into it too much, but this book essentially is an exploration of going deep into the subconscious, viewing our lives and realizing every single thing is something that we have created whether consciously or unconsciously. And within this container that Carolyn had created, it essentially allowed me to look at perhaps 
the weird, kinky things I must have subconsciously liked. Like maybe I liked being controlled. Maybe I liked having bosses tell me what to do. Maybe I liked feeling like a martyr. Maybe somewhere in my unconscious, I liked it. And therefore, I created it. And mind you, this is just one small example. But as I sat on the beach, now laughing out loud as I thought of all the things in my life that I didn't like consciously, that I may have somehow unwittingly liked subconsciously and created. I admit it was uncomfortable to confront myself this way. But discomfort soon led to this growing power within. Let me tell you guys, on the beach, I had kundalini activations out of nowhere. I literally felt turned on, like sexually turned on as I laughed and brought light to the darkness, the light of awareness to these unconscious patterns that I must have created. And by somehow me laughing and delighting, I knew that I was bringing a levity to a space that needed light. I was healing the dark. We live in a world of duality. Our souls want to experience both dark and light. We want to explore the shadows just as much as we want to explore the sunshine. It's the yin and the yang. It's in all of life, which means it's in all of us. And to deny it is going to keep us perpetually stuck because if we can't see it, we can't change it. I examined my relationship with lack Feelings of scarcity, fears around love, a vulnerability, and I started to make peace with all of me. And as I felt that peace within, I also felt the energy continued to grow. Before I recorded this, I said to myself, Kat, you've known what it's like to give away your power. You've known what it's like to be powerless in this world to not say what you believe in fear of humiliation and ridicule, to keep yourself small so that other people couldn't see you fully. You've known what it was like to work tirelessly and not get much back in return. This is what your ego mind has created for you. And you're being given another option now, but it's going to take a lot of courage. It's going to take radical trust and radical faith to listen to the guidance to not arbitrarily be controlled by time and deadlines, to not allow yourself to chase anything that is not yours, to understand that everything that is for you is coming to you. This journey, this mushroom trip that I went into, was about surrender, a complete and total surrender to fully and completely aligning my will with God's will, to listening to trusting, to the deep knowing that I am always going to be safe and I am always going to be held and I'm always going to have everything that I need. What I realized today was that my hero's journey didn't end on May 28th. It has only just begun. <laughs>